We'll read the entire psalm because it's good to read the whole thoughts of each psalm and we'll just read the entire psalm for our message uh, tonight. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me throughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation. My tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. My message today is on the subject of conviction and confession. Most everyone that's here Uh, knows what it is to be saved. There are those that are listening on the broadcast that know that they're saved. Then hopefully there are those listening that have never been saved. To be saved, there has to come conviction in the part of each one of us. We had to know we had sinned against God. We had to recognize within ourselves that we were guilty before God. One of the problems with Christianity today is that many of God's people do not acknowledge or accept their sins. Oh, yes, when they were saved... They confessed their sins and they meant it. 
But many of us after that uh, get to the place that too often we don't think we sin against God. I had a cousin one time when I was a young preacher and he found out I'd been called to preach and he was talking to me and he said, you know, he said, I've been saved for, oh, so many years. And he says, I've never, ever sinned since I was saved. He's wrong. <laughs> he was wrong. There isn't a child of God that doesn't fail in some way or another quite often. We fail. We sin against God. And when we were saved, the first thing before we could be saved was that we had to know that we sinned. With that conviction that takes place in our lives before we uh, confess Christ as our Savior goes with us through our life as a child of God. We have to recognize constantly that we have sinned against God. Not just acknowledge and say, I've sinned, but a true conviction, because but without a true conviction, there cannot be a confession that's true. And while we are saved, and we don't need to confess uh, of our sins in order to be saved nor do we need to confess about, uh, that, our, that we have sinned in order to keep saved, but we need to re- recognize the fact that we are guilty before God and that we sin even though we are a child of God. And, uh, and we have to be convicted of that fact. We, don't, we, can't, we can't excuse ourselves by making excuses and thinking that, um, that uh, I'm all right. I'm safe in the arms of Jesus. I'll never be lost because he saved me. He saved me not only did he uh, forgive me of all the sins I had committed before I believed in Christ, but he, he, he uh, covered all my sins that I have committed since then and will commit as long as I'm here on earth. Conviction is something that happens to us before we're saved, but it's something that should continue to work in our life. We, uh, to have conviction, we must be persuaded or convinced that we're guilty before God. We must, we must have the, we must realize in our own conscience that I've been saved by the grace of God, but I still am in this flesh and I still fail my Lord. I still am guilty too many times that I'm a sinner. Too many people think that once they're saved, they never, they never sin again. Never guilty of sin. Yes, we are. We sin. The difference is that our Lord has already forgiven us, but that doesn't give us 
that doesn't give us an excuse to go out and sin because God's already forgiven us of it. It's just to make us realize how precious our salvation is and how complete it is. Yet at the same time, we need to recognize the fact that even though we've been sinned, uh, we've been saved, we have sinned. And we are guilty before God. Conviction is composed or accompanied, accompanied rather, by a painful sense of exposure. And when we pray, if you'll notice that when, when the Bible teaches us about praying, it tells us that we should, first of all, thank God for saving us from our sins. And the, when we pray, I, I think so often of the fact that when we're praying, we are praying to Almighty God. And he has given us this privilege and this honor of praying to him. He's perfect. He's holy. We're made holy in Christ Jesus, but when we pray, we're still in our sinful flesh. So before we ever come before God and, and ask for things, and he tells us we can do that, but we must first acknowledge the fact that we have sinned against God. Verse 3 of this verse, of this psalm, Psalm 51, says, For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. This is a psalm of David. And he wrote this psalm after he was saved. But he said, I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Verse 17 again. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. What God expects of us is to come before him, not, you know, like the Bible said, we come boldly, but I always say that doesn't mean brashly. We don't come brashly before God and say, okay, here I am now, you know. We come acknowledging the fact that we understand that when we say our Father which art in heaven, we are talking to a sovereign, almighty God. And none of us here, even though we've been saved, can say I deserve and have the right to come before God. Because we don't. We're given that right by the grace of God. 
we're given that opportunity and we're told to use it. But at the same time, the Bible teaches us that we need to ever acknowledge. David was a saved person when he wrote this. And he said, I acknowledge my transgressions. I acknowledge my transgression. Job said this in Job chapter 40 and verse 4. Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay mine hand upon my mouth. He, the Lord had spoken to him. And this was his response. I don't deserve it. I'm vile. What can I say? I'll hold my hand over my mouth. I can't speak because I don't deserve to. I am unworthy. I'm unworthy to come before God. In um, the book of Isaiah, Isaiah, going in the wrong direction from from Psalms. Sorry about that. Isaiah chapter 6. And verse 5. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. You see, we have seen the King through the eyes of faith. By the grace of God, we have seen Him. But like Isaiah, he said, Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm I'm a fail I I'm I'm I, I failed in too many ways. Woe is me. I have sinned before God. I have sinned before God. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 33. Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 10. O therefore, O thou son of man, Speak unto the house of Israel. Thus ye speak, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how should we then live? How should we live if our transgressions and our sins are upon us? We have been forgiven of our sins and our transgressions. And even though we fail, every sin that we commit is forgiven. As I said, that's not an excuse to sin, but it's just to to make us realize what we have and to make us recognize how unworthy we are. And yet we are privileged and honored to come before God and pray.
We ought to think about it. Every time we say our Father which art in heaven and we're coming before him with our prayers, whatever our purpose is of the prayer, whether it's thanking him for the food or, or praying for someone or praying for ourselves, whatever the purpose is, we must first of all recognize the fact I don't deserve to be there. But I'm there because my sins and my transgressions are covered by the blood of Christ. How should we live? We can only live because we're made alive in Christ. And as Isaiah said, Woe is me, I'm, a man, I'm an unclean man. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 37... Acts 2 and verse 37. Now when they had heard this, they were pricked in their heart, said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Before we were saved, what happened was that we, something made us to realize that we had sinned against God. We didn't think we were sinners before we were saved. It took the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and a touch of God that made us realize I am a sinner unworthy of Jesus Christ. Then we were saved by the grace of God. It took the power of God taking the Word and making us recognize. And we were pricked in our hearts when we realized we had sinned against God. But that's not only true. Uh, when we sinned against God, it's true in our daily life as a child of God. We ought to, before we pray, look at ourselves, not, not the other person, not our mate or some, somebody else in our family or friends or neighbors, not look at them, look at yourself. And think about how many times you could have been a witness for Christ and you did, wasn't because you either wasn't living right or because you didn't talk to them about the Lord or something. Some reason or other we failed God in some way. And we, when we recognize I'm praying to God and I have failed Him and the first thing that we should do before we do anything else in our prayers to God is ask God to forgive us of our personal sins. Not to say so-and-so has sinned, uh, help him to see his need. First, Lord, I have sinned. And help me to be a testimony to others who may have failed the Lord. Conviction always causes repentance. It did before we were saved and it does after we're saved. When we're convicted of our sins, then we repent. Let's go back to our text in Psalm 51. Psalm 51. In Psalm 51 and verse 4, Against thee, thee only have I sinned, done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified 
when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Against thee, it brings repentance. Lord, I have sinned against you. I have failed you. I'm not what I should be. I have failed. And I'm not worthy to be here. In Second Chronicles chapter 24. I'm sorry, Second Chronicles chapter 7. was in 1st Chronicles, sorry about that. 2nd Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from seven, will, from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. If my people, which are called by my name, that means me and you, shall humble themselves. You say, well, I'm saved, but you still need to recognize I have failed my Lord. And every one of us can, can say that honestly because none of us have been what we ought to be today. I don't know what you've done. You don't know what I've done, but God does. He knows what we've done and what we should have, shouldn't have done and what we should have done and didn't do and all that sort of thing. He knows. And we, when we come before him, we must come before him knowing, Lord, I have failed. Humble ourselves and pray and turn from your wicked ways. Say, Lord, I intend to not do that again. I intend to not fail and, and mean it. And then he will hear from heaven. Then he will hear. Only when we acknowledge our unworthiness. Only when we fall before him as, as unworthy creatures. Come humbly before God. And, re, and, and pray. Then he will hear. In the book of Job. Job chapter 11. And verse 14. If iniquity be in thine hand, put it far away, and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles. Don't let wickedness dwell in your life. See, you're talking to saved people, that's right. But we need to recognize the fact we fail our Lord. We need to acknowledge our unworthiness. We put away iniquity. It brings repentance before God. And Proverbs tells us this. 
the book of Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 13. 28 and verse 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesses and forsaketh them shall have mercy. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. How many times do you find yourself making excuses and accepting your excuses for not doing what you know you should have done or for doing things you know you shouldn't have done? We must... We must... um, We must uh, recognize the fact we have failed God and we must not attempt to cover our sins. Look at the excuses we used so many times. Look at the excuses you've used and, and, and ask yourself a question. Do you think that that's a worthy excuse for not doing what we should have done? How many times have we tried to convince ourselves that it was all right when we knew it wasn't? When we knew we shouldn't have done it? Or when we knew we should have done something else and we didn't? We need to confess. We confess before salvation, yes. But we need to confess. We we need to be convicted of the fact that we have failed God. Even though we're a child of God and we know we're safe, we know we're saved by the grace of God and we're safe and we, we will be taken into heaven, we're still in this sinful body. And we will fail. And we need to confess. We need to be convicted of our sins and repent of our sins. And then, as we read here in Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesses and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Before we ever pray for anybody else, we should always pray for ourselves. Confess our sins before God and mean it. Confess our sins before God and then pray. And we have some promises. In the book of 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1 and verses 8 through 10. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word's not in us. If we, we say that we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves and the truth's not in us. We must recognize the fact that we have sinned. And we have this promise in verse 9. 
if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess... Our prayers should begin in our hearts before God. Lord, I have failed. I am unworthy. I'm a sinner. I've sinned. And he will forgive. He will forgive. In 2 Samuel chapter 24... Second Samuel chapter 24 and verse 10. And David's heart smote him after that he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in that I have done. And now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. David said, I have, I have sinned greatly. His heart smote within him because he had done something he knew he shouldn't have done. He sinned against God. And the psalmist says in the 32nd Psalm, Psalm 32 and verse 5, I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Psalmist says, I acknowledge my sin. And in the 38th Psalm, in verse, verses 3 and 4 first, Psalm 38 and verses 3 and 4, There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For mine iniquities have gone over mine head. As a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. And then, and then in verse 18, he said this, For I will declare mine iniquity. I will be sorry for my sin. He knows that the Lord will forgive And he acknowledged his sin. Then you know James, in the book of James. James chapter 5 and verse 16. Look what James says. James 5 and verse 16. Confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Before we can be the type of a, a witness and a brother or sister that we ought to be, we have to acknowledge our failures. It's so easy for us to say, 
look at so-and-so, look what they did. Well, they probably did. God knows, and God will take care of him. But what we need to do is quit looking at they and start looking at me. Look what I have done. And acknowledge before others, I have failed in so many ways. Let's pray for one another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. And then, come with the right kind of an attitude. The effectual fervent prayer. Effectual fervent prayer. A prayer that's made from within, from deep within the heart. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or child of God availeth much. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. The first conviction brought repentance and faith in Christ as Savior. Turn with me to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 13. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now look at verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The first conviction brought repentance and faith in Christ as Savior. As a child of God, when we confess Him and acknowledge that we have failed, you know, our faith is made stronger. The disciples said, Lord, we believe. Strengthen our faith. Sometimes we need to we need to acknowledge our failures and seek the help of God that our faith be strengthened. And that comes by hearing the word of God. You say, well, we hear it all the time. Do we? How many times have you sat through a message and then got home and said, what did the preacher preach about? Or someone say to you, "What was the, what was the preacher? What what did the preacher preach about?" And you can't remember, can't tell him. It's happened to me. I know it's happened to you. We're all guilty because sometimes we're not listening to what God says to us. We come to church because we're supposed to. But we should come to church because God gave it to us to have so we could 
have the privilege and the honor of being in God's house and hearing his word. And when we recognize that we've failed, then we're we're convicted of our sins, we confess our sins, and it brings us closer to our Savior and helps us to acknowledge him even more in our lives. We're guilty many times. But that's what makes our salvation so precious. Even when I fail, he never fails me. Even when I don't deserve it, he never leaves me. He is with me even when I fail. And when I confess in my own private prayers, and I confess before God, and I confess from the heart, I'm not just saying words, but I'm saying from deep within me, Lord, I have failed. He hears, he answers, and he strengthens and helps us to be what we ought to be as we strive to serve God. Sometimes being a testimony or being a witness is not just taking the Bible and reading to someone about about the Lord. It's being what we ought to be before them. As someone said years ago, how can I hear what you say? When I see what you do. Too many times. We can't be the testimony we ought to be. Because the people that we want to be a witness to. Has seen what we are. What we do. How we live. How we, how we fail. We say we love the Lord. Do we? Do people see that in us? We must pray. First of all, Lord, help me. Forgive me of my failures, my sins, and help me to be the testimony. Not just in what I say to people, but in what I do before them. How I live before them. Do they see in me the Christ I tell them I love? Conviction and confession. And our Lord promises that any time we acknowledge our sins, we're convicted of our sins, and we acknowledge our sins, He hears. And he answers. And he forgives. Shall we stand to be dismissed? Steve dismisses in order of prayer.